Hey there, welcome to Beyond the Bikini podcast, where you can enhance your body and your mind. My name is Nicole Ferrier, exercise science grad, certified personal trainer, bikini competitor, and coach. On this podcast, you will learn more about my experience in the fitness industry, competing in bikini competitions, mental health, and how to gain more success in your own life in your fitness journey. So sit back, relax, or power through this cardio session and enjoy. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. And this episode, I have my now husband in it. Hey, guys. And I figured we could talk about our wedding, the experience, maybe even a little bit about like wedding planning leading up to the event. Um, obviously, you know, you guys couldn't be there, but it's still kind of fun to share how the day went. And maybe this episode would be helpful for any, you know, brides, brides to be, and coming from someone who's never plan a, planned a big event before, I think it can maybe be helpful. Obviously, it's not super fitness related or working out related, but I think it can be fun to switch up content every now and then. Yeah, absolutely. So do you, well, let's kind of go into when we got engaged. So we got engaged the Christmas Eve, so the 24th of 2020. And I remember when I asked you when you wanted to get married, you said you wanted to get married in 2021. Yeah, I kind of said that, and I kind of put a timeline on it, too, as far as, like, not under two to three years, um, and part of that was just to kind of throw her off the scent of me proposing, too. I mean, we had looked at rings already. I About well, after we were seriously looking at rings, I would bought one pretty soon, but I also just wanted it to be a surprise. Yeah, but I'm more so even talking about, like, want, like there's a difference between when you get engaged versus when you get married, so... When you said you want to get married in 2021, I don't know if you realize like how fast that is, like how quickly everything needs to be put together. Oh yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of steps and a lot of timelines, um, that you don't realize. And like, there's different like apps and stuff to kind of help you like the not.com, but how soon you need to have a lot of stuff done was a little bit surprising. Yeah, and the thing is, is with venues this year in particular, they were filling up very quickly because of all the 2020 cancellations um, and even just people getting engaged in 2020. I feel like a lot of people got engaged that year. And our venue, I actually decided to go up a Friday because it was a little bit cheaper. And I figured we're going to have family flying in, so why not just have them have the weekend after instead of just having the wedding on Saturday? Yeah, um, and from where they were flying in to, like, the flights just lined up a little bit better, but taking a Friday was definitely a little bit more convenient, so you have a little bit more time to kind of recover, get back into the swing of things. Yeah, and the other thing I learned when planning a wedding is how overpriced every little thing is. I think that they definitely take advantage of this quote-unquote once-in-a-lifetime experience, which, I mean, most people get married once, but... um, I think that when I was little, weddings were so like glamorized and I think that a lot of little girls think about that day. But then as I got older, I don't want to say I'm like bitter, but I just felt like they put so much pressure and then just saying like, well, it's tradition and almost like guilt trip people into doing certain things that they don't necessarily want to do. Um, Even with like a wedding cake or little things like that, I wasn't 100% dead set on. And, um, 
Yeah, that's probably the number one thing I disliked about wedding planning is everything seemed overpriced. I mean, even when I got my dress, you know, they put a veil on you to like really sell it. And then like the little veil itself is like $500. And then they're just like, well, technically you're getting a good deal. And like my brain is like, no, you're not. This is like a little piece of fabric. There is so much like profit margin here. Yeah. And a lot of times, especially for the you know, once in a lifetime experience of getting married is price isn't necessarily so much of a concern, but it does kind of get annoying when you have everything just that adds up on it and then keeps adding up. And then it's the tradition thing that, um, whether it's family members or whether it's just like the people who are the salespeople in each of the different parts of it that are just like, well, it's tradition. And, um, well, I've always been a justified spender. Like not that our wedding put us in debt. Like, I don't think you should be having a wedding that big if it's going to put you in debt by any means. But I still don't like the thought of spending thousands of dollars on a garment, you know? Like, I don't even do that in my day-to-day because I think designer purses and designer things just is, has never been my thing. So even if, though it's my wedding, it's like, okay, it's still just a dress, though. Yeah, especially a one-time thing. Look at look at how each of the different things you're spending. There's going to be a lot of them that just don't work out, but look at what you can't s- spend money on and then use in the future too. So like my suit. I splurged a little bit more on my suit than I'd typically pay for a suit, but I can use that for so much yeah. else versus a wedding dress. Also, just with like the wedding decor. So I did have our florist do the flowers and decor. And we just rented it, which I thought was nice because I see a lot of brides who are like DIY brides, but you also have to think about how much time you're going to save yourself. And also just from like a sustainability standpoint, if you're buying all that stuff and using it just to throw it away, like it does seem pretty wasteful. And for me, I already have posted my decor on Facebook in a Facebook group, which there's usually Facebook groups for weddings in your area and I've already sold a lot of our decor that I did buy so it's kind of nice because you're kind of making back that money that you spent but also like a bride's going to be able to use that again it it wasn't just like a one-time thing yeah um what were some things that maybe surprised you while planning the wedding um a lot of the small things is going to weddings you're I've been to a lot of weddings. I've been in several weddings and you kind of see the finished touches. And so it, it looks a lot more simple than it is. So I just, what surprised me was the complexity of going into it, which for like a wedding planner, isn't really anything crazy, but, um, for us first time seeing all that and, you know, you always plan on that being the only time that you see all that. It's, it's a bit surprising how much little details go into everything. Yeah. What were some like wedding etiquette things that you learned through planning, like going through having your own wedding? Um, getting things done early, chipping away at everything really. Yeah, but like etiquette wise, so like the invitation thing. Oh yeah, so invitations with mailing them all out. You know, I really feel like in this day and age we should kind of be electronic. Stay pretty formal for parents, wedding party, um, older people but with friends and family i mean a link is a great thing just suffice yeah i probably wasted like 200 dollars on invitations that just didn't get mailed out yeah and we talked about it but we were just getting to the point where like it's we probably sent our invitations out a little bit late and so then we just kind of decided let's just do hard invitations but 
Um, but also, okay, so you're not bringing this up and I wanted you to. So <laughs> wedding etiquette, when someone sends you an invite and you decline, you're still supposed to send a gift. And I feel like my parents had mentioned like the more people you invite, the more gifts you'll get. And I didn't understand what they were saying when they said that. But I guess apparently, and I'm just learning this as a 26 year old, that if someone sends you an invite to something like a baby shower or a wedding, you're supposed to send a gift. I think this is a weird rule. I don't expect anything whenever I send like invites, but apparently it's a thing. Yeah, I think that's kind of like a one of those traditional things that I'm going to send a gift back based on proximity. If you're a childhood friend, if you're a close family member or whatever. But if someone that was just kind of an associate in high school invites me to their wedding, I'm probably, if I'm not an going, I'm, I'm an associate. Yeah, yeah, an acquaintance. I'm probably not going to send a gift on that one, you know, like, sorry, it's, it, but it's kind of the tradition things and traditions change. It's a different time. And, and weddings really show you like who really cares about you, like who really wants to be there to support you and don't get me wrong I know that there were lots of you know friends and family that wanted to be there that were like they had another event or they just uh simply could not afford the travel you know it wasn't a local wedding for a lot of my friends and I totally understand that like they they can still be supportive in other ways like through texting and calls and asking about you know wedding details like there's still ways to support and not actually be there um but I felt like I really like you realize like who's really there to support you but also you know like when you do get invites from people that you've never really talked to I guess in a way it's flattering that they thought about you but I do feel like a lot of people will just invite people to get the gifts yeah that's the other thing with your guest list like send it to people like look up those lists they're like hey these are who we recommended to send it to like if I haven't talked to you in six months whatever else um but that's why I'm not a fan of like, hey, if you've just been just because you were invited on someone who's a little bit more distant doesn't necessarily mean to me that you should get him a gift. It's your wedding is for you guys to celebrate your union and your love coming together, not to get gifts. So like yeah. whether we had gotten gifts or got zero gifts, that would not have really made me think differently of anybody. This day is about us and our marriage and our love. It's not about you getting me shit just because I'm getting married. Yeah. The Knot does a really good job. And that was the website that we used to like organize our whole event. And they had a lot of great rules on like who to invite and who to not invite. And one of the rules for who to invite is someone that you've talked to in, in the last six months. Um, because they even talked about like family and there, uh, my family and Jake's family, it's like pretty extended. So, you know, our families alone, that could be more than 100 people in itself. And we already knew that we had that guest limit of less than 100 people, more towards 75. And, you know, whenever you send invites, not everyone's going to hit yes and say, yes, I'm coming. Um, You should expect that. But we knew that we had to really <laughs> limit it with what our goal was. Yeah. And the same thing with the trouble with us was, is our families are so big. So you really have to decide is a, how many people are coming, but like, I can't just invite all of our aunts and uncles. And then we decide, okay, these cousins we're going to invite because that keeps us within our numbers. So you have to look at it like that too, is that was one of our troubles on the front end that ended up not being a problem. But if we invite some of our cousins, you kind of have to invite 
all of your cousins. Yeah. And if you're like a budget bride, like your guest list is going to be the most of your expenses. So you're going to have your venue and then usually your photographer, videographer and guest. That's going to be the most expensive because per guest, my dad and I were trying to like figure out how much it would kind of be per guest. And I think it's around 350 per guest. Once you break down all like a lot more of the expenses, yeah. When you break down like the venue, so basically their chair, uh, food, alcohol, um, entertainment. When you kind of break that down, it's going to be roughly for us. It was roughly three fifty. Uh, you could probably do it a lot cheaper than that, depending on your location. Um, but yeah, you you have to think about that. And if you are tight on money and you're trying to budget your wedding, just be mindful of your guest list. Yeah. Um, and don't discredit like just other, like leave out some of the traditional stuff as we had a, um, close friend of mine who was the person who officiant, officiant, I always forget that term, um, who was our officiant. And then just, we waved a lot of, not that these things cost money, but waved a lot of like the little DJ doing little games and stuff like that. Like we waved a lot of that little tiny traditional stuff that, that did cut costs, but we truly did that because we didn't want them in there. Yeah, and little stuff like that does add up. I mean, like, uh, we didn't do the garter toss and the, the bouquet toss, but, like, a lot of brides will buy an additional bouquet just to, like, throw, you know? Like, little things like that, they, they do add up. Um, fun fact, your wedding cake, when your cake gets cut, is an additional cost, and we did not serve our wedding cake. We just had cupcakes because most people don't even eat the cake anyway. You're paying for a service for someone to cut your cake. You already paid for the cake and the decorations on the cake and the stuff that it's sitting on. Um, it's just hilarious to me that they charge extra for that. And I think guests prefer something that's easy to just grab and go. Um, and I think that the cupcakes were a good hit. And that's something that we spent a little bit more money on too because we got bunch of different types of like gourmet cupcakes and it's it's something that we wanted because it was with our vision of of our wedding day that's we wanted things to be easier so having an open bar that was covered where we could have cut costs by having um everybody pay for their own Cash drinks bar. that was something that I wanted to do ever since um you know I thought about getting married I wanted to be able to provide that especially with a destination wedding for basically everybody um, and then the cupcakes was like an added expense that we chose to add on because that's what we wanted with the vision of that day. Yeah. So on our wedding day, when you like walked into the venue, were you like happy with how everything was laid out? Yeah, I was, I was super calm. I think the fact of, um, my sisters they're they've done so they've been in so many weddings. They've probably been in more weddings than I've been to. Um, but they're such great organizers that I felt a lot more calm, especially with them there. Um, but yeah, walking into it, just seeing everything kind of fall into place. It was, it was definitely a lot more relaxing Yeah. once I saw it. I was definitely so nervous that entire day. Like my stomach was really upset. I felt like I had to pee every 10 minutes. Um, and it's actually, it was a really long morning considering we started getting ready at 930. But from 9.30 to like 2, I felt like it flew by, considering we didn't really do much other than hang out in the hotel room for that long. Yeah. I didn't really... I, I kind of got nervous in like small waves, but it wasn't really too bad until 
kind of started to get a little bit more nervous as like we were walking down the aisle and I was walking down um, both my mother's and then, you know, like stuff was starting to actually move as far as the wedding day goes. Like that's when I kind of got nerves coming in, but really after that I was fine. Yeah. I felt like walking down the aisle was like kind of a blur in a way. <laughs> I mean, the aisle itself that we had is pretty short, but um, yeah, you just have like all these eyes on you. For the bride, I think it's overwhelming because people are freaking standing up and looking at you. And then you have um, Kyle just smiling with his big camera <laughs> in my face, which is funny. Um, yeah, the ceremony went really good. And do you want to talk about any uh, kind of, not horror stories, but... Anything, like, bad that happened? Anything that the grooms did that, you know, maybe didn't allow for them to be set up for the day? Oh, there wasn't, there wasn't, ended up not really being anything too bad. And I felt calm because I knew um, I had kind of contingency plans in place. But I did have one groomsman who, he technically had a friend pick up his suit the night before. Um, he's actually never worn a suit before, so he doesn't know. He thought he could just walk in and buy one and that it would be the right size. In reality, with the suits that my groomsmen wore, um, it's an online order. So you go, I had them all go into the actual store to make sure the right one was ordered by working with a professional. But then they get mailed to them, so they're not there for five to seven days. And then they have to get tailored, which people don't realize you don't just walk in, drop your clothes off, and pick them up the next day. It takes probably another week or so. Um, and so I think he turned his suit in when we were getting married on Friday. I think he turned him in turn it in Monday or Tuesday and had to pay significantly extra then he didn't physically have his suit till the morning of but a friend picked it up for him whom I know too which helped the day before but that was pretty nerve-wracking to um know that like one suit wasn't necessarily in when all three are supposed to be like the exact same but had contingencies in place for him to pick up one that looked kind of the exact same just in case for me and like the, my bridesmaids like they had all been in weddings before um, and Sarah's already married, so I feel like they already knew what to expect, but if we were to do it again, I think even just having you send out, like, a little generic PowerPoint of what to expect and, like, both a, a proposal in a way so they understand, because I think a lot of times, this usually happens with younger couples, like, both Jake and I were, were in our mid to late 20s and I still think we're kind of on the younger end of getting married so if someone's never been in a wedding before they're not going to know that like hey like there's certain you know financial needs that you have to be comfortable like with spending and time and little details that matter uh, it's more like I feel like guys struggle with that than the girls but I think there's plenty of bridesmaids that I've seen that have gotten like the completely wrong dress mm -hmm. well I think girls like because it's more typical that girls will think about their wedding day from a lot younger age. So they they kind of understand um, the expenses that kind of goes into it. And they, they spend more being in a wedding than a male does. But men don't really, a lot of them either don't dream about their wedding day or think about their wedding day um, from quite a young age. So they haven't necessarily thought about it um, quite as much and the expenses that kind of go into it, which we try to do our best to um keep it pretty affordable yeah did your we try to keep it super affordable for a bridal party 
and I, you know, I'm not going to be the kind of bride that picks out a $350 dress. My, my girls, we got their dress through Azazi. It was only 70 bucks for their dress, which is considered affordable for, um, a bridesmaid's dress. And let's be honest, they're probably only going to wear it once in their life. So there's no need for them to spend so much on my day. I think it's great that they're wanting to be a part of my day, but I just don't want people to feel taken advantage of. And I know how I would want to be treated in that circumstance. And, you know, just because people have the money to spend on your day doesn't mean that you should really push that limit with them. Yeah, absolutely. And my groomsmen suits were about, you know, 160, which is pretty affordable for a suit. Um, And they got to, they were buying them, so they weren't renting them. I just don't like rented tuxes because um, they're typically not as form fitting to you. Um, and I know I like to be able to buy the suit and have the suit for future use, but, um, and certain, certain, uh, guys I would say wouldn't be able to even rent it. Like John, I don't think he would be able to rent a suit and it fit him well. It'd have to. Yeah. Cause if it's a rented tux, there'd be two separate pieces. Um, and at least on his case, um, cause he's a bodybuilder. So his measurements are so, you know, different than an average person. So that they'd have to just piece different parts of the tux together. Um, which would be fine, but then allowing them to buy it for like the same prices because I've rented a tux for about one eighty and they could buy them for one sixty, so it was about the same price, um, which is nice. And if they don't want to keep them, then they just don't keep them, or they can sell them, or they can throw them away. But if they want to keep them for potential future use, they still have it too. Yeah, definitely. Um, my wedding dress and my entire look—did that look like how you envisioned it? Yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I figured you was using straps because you just wanted to, but I mean... For my dress? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My dress was strapless. It's like a mermaid gown. It had lace. It had some sequin in there, some, like, shine. Um, I had, like, a cathedral-length veil, and then my hair half up, half down. Yeah. You didn't, like, picture my hair up in, like, a bun thing? I don't really have... No, you just Much didn't think about it. <laughs> He's like, just a white dress. I don't know. <laughs> you did guess right. We were more traditional. We didn't do a first look. He hadn't seen any pictures of my dress. He hadn't even seen pictures of the dresses I absolutely hated that I tried on. Yeah, I've, I feel like I've thought about marriage from a young age. Um, I've always thought whenever I see a bride walk down the aisle, I always think of like the day that I, I'd be standing up at the front. So I've always kind of teared up a little bit and I, I teared up that day too um I didn't necessarily have tears rolling down my cheeks or anything but I teared up watching her walk down the aisle but um that's a day that I've thought about since I've been probably 16 to 18 years old so which I don't really think is normal I don't hear most guys thinking about getting married I think getting married is becoming less common and yeah to I don't know. I think that's sweet that you have thought about yourself in that position. Mm-hmm. I think it helps too. You've seen a lot of your friends get married already. Yeah. Ha- having, I've been in about four true weddings. I was in my dad's. So it was a remarriage. And so they did a bunch of just kind of untraditional stuff in the backyard and we weren't in like suits or anything. We were just in shorts and button up t-shirts, but I've been in probably about four formal weddings. Um, but I've been to probably 12 to 15 total. What was like your favorite part of our entire wedding? Um, I don't know, probably after the, like 
as far as leaving. like least stressful leaving after, after <laughs> the reception um the, or not after the reception but after like the formal stuff and like the dances and stuff like that um just because you didn't have anything else necessarily planned and you could kind of do your own thing I felt at that like point. I, w- I w- could finally enjoy myself after we cut the cake I don't think we had anything else we had to do on the whole like to-do list yeah because then I felt like I was able to talk to people and hang out and drink and relax actually actually celebrate the day at that point yeah which was literally like only an hour and a half yeah and you know what they say is true you're hardly gonna eat on your wedding day I was really hungry when we got back to our hotel room but like that whole day my stomach was just super upset and I couldn't eat and our food was good we had some good ass food but like I couldn't even eat it yeah I think an important thing too for the day is be selfish Kind of like don't be a bridezilla or I don't know the male version of that at all, but like be selfish with your time. That's your day to celebrate each other. I didn't eat much, but I just I think I don't know if it was nerves or whatever, but I wasn't like super hungry at the end of the night and like starving for food um, either. Like I got the amount of food that I wanted. Um, I, I honestly wanted alcohol more than anything <laughs> else. I I ate and drank just as much as I wanted. I didn't want to be shit faced or anything, but. I, I had fun and I enjoyed my day. I didn't let people pull me away from things um, to go talk about, you know, kind of people try to pull you to the side and talk to you for super long. Like if I had a good excuse to kind of walk away or I just kind of ended the conversation, walked away and they picked up the hint. I think people are pretty understanding too. I, I don't really feel like I was pressured to really do one thing. Um, I will say like, there were moments where my mom wanted to do more traditional type things that I just had no interest in. And, um, you know, that's your parents are going to have a way of doing things. Everyone is going to have a way of doing things. But I feel like my maid of honor, shout out to Sarah, did a great job of just being like, whatever Nicole wants, whatever she says, like really, because I don't want to be like, whatever I say, you know, I don't want to be that person because then I can come off like, like a bitch. But if I have, like, my maid of honor saying, like, just listen to whatever she wants and reassuring that, like, it, I'm, I'm calling the shots, like, I think was really helpful. Yeah. And it's still, it's so important to note that, like, it still is, like, for your, that day is important for your parents, obviously, but, like, there are still aspects of it. But have your negotiables and your non-negotiables. Your, hey, this is what we're doing for sure. It's not negotiable. This is what we're not doing for sure. This is not negotiable. And kind of hear negotiables. Um, have those things in there too. Um, just because, you know, it is the most important people as far as the bride and groom. And I think we kept our focus on that pretty well. We were a team going through it. If there was something that somebody wanted and we didn't want to do, um, we both had the same vision to where it wasn't like forced upon us because we, we stood our ground when we needed to. Not that anything was super bad, but... Um, we stood our ground when we need to and just being, hey, this isn't going to happen. We didn't skirt around stuff. Like, I think some people say, like, hey, yeah, we'll take that into consideration. Well, now if if, if somebody, if one of your parents wants something and you're like, hey, I'm going to take that into consideration, you, now you have to talk about it for three, four months leading up to it versus, hey, that's just not what we have envisioned for our day. We're going to do this instead. And yeah. um, you're polite and cut it your way. But, yeah, we had people there to help help keep things moving along, like like Sarah and our siblings and stuff. Who would you say were your top three most important vendors? Um, probably the, 
don't know, the DJ. I would say the DJ and, like, the bartenders is keep things flowing oh, really? and everything. The DJ was, I didn't think would be as impactful as he was. Um, okay, well, that's only two. Name one more. <laughs> our wedding planner, um, just because I wouldn't. I would have been lost trying to make a timeline and putting that together and having that as organized as it was. I think our top three was definitely the DJ, our photographer and videographer, and... Oh, yeah, I'd say Kyle and Dooyan with photography and videography. Yeah. I would say potentially our planner. I still feel like I had to do majority of the work. Like, more than 75% of the work. I, th- I think what could have been better there was kind of some communication expectations kind of laid out a little bit better up front. So we kind of knew, like, hey, come to me for this. or Technically, we had a partial planner, so they start really helping you at six weeks out. But even then, I felt like I could have had more help, if that makes sense. And maybe that maybe that was on my end. Maybe that's what a full planner is. I don't know, but I just felt like I was still having vendors contact me for questions instead of my planner, you know, less than three weeks out. And I thought that everything would go through her and, you know, running my business through my email, getting flooded with emails and questions on my wedding is like not something I want. Yeah. Um, I would say like, obviously we don't have the pictures and video yet, but Kyle and Dewey and like, we're great with. Yeah. It's their first wedding. They're friends of ours. They did our engagement video. They did. They've done several photo shoots for me, and I just had confidence in them. And the thing is, is your wedding, it's really going to be around them. You need to like your photographer and videographer. They're going to see lots of, like, very intimate moments. And, like, if you're not comfortable around them, like, I think it can come off in pictures, too. Yeah, like, with their ideas with photography and videography, too. Like, you could tell they had done their research for their first wedding. Like, they weren't like, hey, what do you guys want so much? Like, if we didn't have an idea, they were rocking and rolling and um but yeah they they kept it rolling smooth flowing along with it and just capturing you know the moments pretty naturally yeah you're they work so hard too like that's one of the hardest working vendors like make sure you take care of your photographer and videographer i've heard horror stories on reddit of brides and grooms that don't let their that don't let them take a break like they're working over eight hours sometimes like you need to let them eat you need to let them relax and you know, a lot of those people, they feel nervous to say, hey, I need a break, you know, because they want to make your day special. But don't be taking advantage of your vendors like that. Yeah, like there there was a time when, you know, they were sitting down eating and drinking. We got up to go do, just talk to all the tables and I went up to them and just said, hey, like, stay eating. Like, you don't need to be, I'm not going to look back on photos and have some awkward entire table circle around us just for a photo. Like, I'm not going to look back on those photos. Yeah. Or just like the classic shots. And your DJ is so important. They keep the event going. They have to have good energy. They have to be able to read the room. Like a DJ's job's very important. And um, I knew that going into our wedding. Um, I And I also knew that they were going to help keep things going versus like, you're not going to have your wedding planner saying like, okay, let's do this. Like that's actually your DJ's job to like make sure the people know where they're supposed to be. Yeah, that's one thing I didn't realize. So, so like, the first time I realized how much the DJ did was I went up to the bar to grab drinks, which is around the corner, and he he had such good awareness of the floor that he saw me leave and go over that direction that he came back and was like, Jake, what what the heck are you doing? Like, this is my job. And I was like, hey, I didn't know. But then also, 
we didn't have like two hours or two and a half hours or whatever for dancing. So I kind of looked at the clock and realized, you know what, like I am going to kind of let this day be about me and let him get my drinks. And there are other times that I went up to him throughout the night too, um, just to kind of say, Hey, like, can I get a drink? And he, he'd run off and go do it. And it was great. And he did a phenomenal job for us. Yeah. He was great. Um, I don't know. Do you have any advice for people who are getting married? Anything that you wish you would have known going into it or I will say nothing feels different. Everybody tells you it feels different after you get married. We've been living together since 2020 in a one bedroom apartment and then a two bedroom apartment. And now we bought a house. Um, I feel like we've grown a lot as a couple and as individuals, but I think it all is in your mindset too. Like Jake and I, I know going into our relationship, we didn't just go into it for fun. You know, we went into our relationship with the expectation of I'm going to marry this person or this is going to be, you know, another breakup. It's going to be another hard situation. Um, And I think that helps like with the seriousness of our relationship. And like we knew that marriage was the goal for us. Um, And I think that that helped is just kind of like manifesting in a way and already envisioning it. Yeah, is we already had that plan of, and we're already acting like it pretty much anyway, too. Um, uh, I think a big thing that changes at that time is most people haven't had the finances conversation. You should have a finances conversation before you get married. Yeah. Um, we had gone through each of each other's credit cards and bank account balances student and loans. student loans so that like when we get married, we're not you know, trapped in now $75,000 of our significant other's debt. Like and we knew that. And people can lie. Like a lot of couples, I've heard horrible stories where they've lied about what's in their account because they're embarrassed. Yeah. So like all of your accounts need to be open. I think you should do that with roommates. Um, not even just significant others, but before I sign a lease with you and I'm locked into a legal document for 12 months or eight months or 14 months, yeah. You should kind of know that stuff so you're not stuck with the entire bill. But me and Nicole had already gone through those conversations and we ha- both have kind of the same money mindsets. And we know I mean, we really haven't had the conversation of like, what are we going to be okay spending without approving through the other person? Well, but that's the other thing too is like, there's no one way to combine finances either. Yeah, but we still have like, we're also at the same point where we know each other is responsible enough to still have enough money to pay the bills so we really don't go to each other for those conversations so our our relationship just like flowed smoothly yeah jake knows that i never wanted a kind of marriage where i have to justify spending or like i've always looked at it as like my money that i've made is my money and the money you made is your money if you want to buy whatever it is a freaking sword go ahead and buy a sword (laughs) like as long as our bills are paid as long as we have money going into our savings and investments and we're good to go and we had never been the kind of people that spend money like crazy like I think it does help to live together before you get married because it allows for you to see how that person is on the day-to-day obviously everyone has a unglamorous side to them um and even just with how they spend money like you just see all those little things and there's going to be things that you don't like that they do and I think a lot of people let the little things become bigger than what they really are you're always going to have something about someone that you don't like and in marriage I think 
so many people are looking for the perfect person. I don't really think the perfect person exists that like falls in line with every little detail that you want. Um, but you have to accept that person for like the things you dislike as well. Yeah. You have to know, you know, are you guys willing to have those conversations and step aside and just be like, Hey, we're going to address this right now, or this isn't a big enough issue for me to address. So I'm just going to kind of live with it. Cause it's not actually like I'm being kind of having too high of expectations. Um, and there's plenty of times too, where you've told me like, I'm just letting a little stuff get to me. And I just like, need to like chill out like you just like call yourself out for like overreacting or like looking into it too much or having just like a bad day overall and then like I forget to take a box out to the garage and it like makes you angry like little things like that like we don't yell in our household we don't put each other down with like you know calling each other like a bitch or an asshole like there's plenty of things I've seen in marriages that I think are absolutely off the limits and granted are we just married yes but even through our entire relationship we've never been disrespectful to each other and I think a lot of people look at their significant other as someone where they can act that way and behave that way and it be okay but like I don't think it's okay to talk that way yep but, all right, well, for anyone that's getting married, I hope that this episode was helpful for you. Um, good luck, and hopefully we can have more photos and video coming soon. See you guys.